In part one of our Space Race series, we heard the history of humans' first adventures into space with Mercury, Gemini, Vostok and Voskhod missions. We heard the tentative suborbital launches, the first stages of the race to the moon. The US had finally overtaken the Soviets in the race after being embarrassed during both opening sequences. Now though, the US have the upper hand, with the lead definitely in their corner, as the Soviets failed to push their advantage towards the moon. This week on Cheeky Tales, we cover the most famous adventure of all time, Project Apollo, and the mission that gave us the most famous space quote of all time. So, uh, hey boy, how you go? Hey boy, do you want me to <laughs> be expecting me to say the quote again? No, because it's a different quote. What, one small step? That's the one. Well, I said it last episode. Did you? Yep. Oh, I was thinking of the Kennedy quote. No, and you said I said it right. And yeah. I, I did a little bit of research afterwards. Did you? Yeah. So you said I said it right, but yeah. I actually said the misquote. But that's what is heard because the radio cuts out. That's right. Yeah. I'm sure we're going to get into it. Oh, we are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll leave it for them. Yeah. Well, welcome back. It's part two. Um, last time we made a big deal about how we were doing this because the Artemis missions were coming up uh, and that got scrubbed twice. So much has happened since our last episode yeah. or hasn't happened. <laughs> yeah. I stayed up late to watch a launch that didn't happen. I was going to wake up early and thought, I got a gut feeling about this. Glad I didn't st- get up early because it didn't happen. And now it's not happening for like another few weeks. <laughs> uh, yeah. So well, let's dive into that. It didn't launch. No. The first issue was they couldn't cool the hydrogen fuel enough. They couldn't cool an engine. Ah, couldn't cool the engine, yeah. And the second time was a leak. There's a leak. So it's going to go back into the workshop. Yeah. A little bit of a tighten the screw here, tighten the screw there, and back out to the pad. Try it for the third time. That's it. So, um, yeah, space flight. Still tricky, it seems. But, um, yeah, that's we're not here to talk about Artemis. I was just going to mention that, seeing as I made such a big deal about it last time. Um, Yeah. What else has happened in the world recently, boy? Oh, I don't know. What has happened, boy? We're filming on the day that Queen Lizzie died. Yeah. Which is very sad. Meaningless to most of our lives, but, you know, it is quite sad. She's the monarch of our country, the head of our mm. head sta- the head of state of our country. Yeah. Can't say that's ever affected me, but- um, oh, She's in your wallet? Yeah. Yeah, true. But, you know, RIP to a real one. <laughs> <laughs> Serious note, condolences from the cheeky Tails family to, yeah. the, to the royal family. Yeah. It, uh, it, it, it's big news. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah. Seen a lot of people with memes and bagging her out, but I think people forget that she was a real person. Did I? I sent you my favorite one, didn't I? With the Queen Elizabeth coming back after winning in the gulag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like the granny jumping out of the plane. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, no, I think that. She wouldn't be too upset if people are having not a crazy sad time. She was a bit of a cheeky one by the sounds of it. Yeah, I, I did come across a story. It's like the greatest story of Queen Elizabeth ever. Yeah. Have you seen, did you see that one? No. Someone who was known to her, like must like with her all the time. I'll give you the short story of it. Um, they're up in these hills area where she must holiday all the time. Yeah. And they get a lot of tourists through there. Mm. These two Americans are walking through. And she's gone over and said hello and yeah. obviously not recognised her. Yeah. And they're like, oh, where are you from? And they're like, oh, we're from America. We're touring through here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they go, where are you from? Yeah. And she's like, oh, um, I'm from London, but we come up here and holiday or picnic yeah. all the time. Yeah. And he's like, oh, how long have you been coming here? She goes, oh, about 80 years. Yeah. Type of thing. Yeah. And he goes, oh, 
So if you've been coming here for 80 years, you must have met the Queen. Nice. This <laughs> feels like a story similar to one I've got. Oh, really? Yeah. The, oh, you must know this person. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry. You must know the Queen. And she goes, oh, I've not met her personally, but I think she, the person's name who was telling the story was Dick. Dick's met her quite often. Yeah. And he goes, oh, have you met the Queen? What's she like? Mm. And again, well known for a sense of humour. He's like, oh, she's a bit ken- cantankerous, but yeah. she has a lovely sense of humour. And then before he realises it, old mate's whipped out his phone and he's given the phone to the Queen, like, can you take a photo? With-? So he's posing with old mate. With the Queen taking the- a photo. With the Queen taking a photo. Um, and then <laughs> being a nice bloke, he's like, oh, we'll take a photo with this other person as well. And then yeah. they've said goodbyes and off their way. And apparently the Queen has said to the person she was with, she's like, oh, I'd love to be a fly on the wall when he shows his yeah. friends. <laughs> and they're like, I hope someone recognises me. <laughs> Mate. <laughs> Got a piece of news for you there. No idea. He's just, you know, yeah. had a good old chat with the Queen and just completely brushed her. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I'd not heard that one before. No, it's, it's going around today. So yeah. I'm, I'm sure other people have. It's, it's quite becoming my favourite Queen story, which apparently it is for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's Cheeky Tales salute. The Queen Liz. See you later. All right. Back into what our podcast actually is, which is not a, a current say, affairs. One more. My one other, more. Oh, okay. my, my, my favorite meme coming from today is just the picture of Charles. And it says, 72-year-old finally gets a job. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Batuta Advocate had one that was like, yes, King. There's <laughs> uh, <laughs> another one. All right. We're going to keep going on this. There's another. There's another one I saw that was like Prince Charles showing up to work tomorrow. And it was from Seinfeld. And it's when George is dressed up like a king. Yeah, okay. Great. Fantastic. It's my first day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. Uh, Space Boy. Let's. Uh, yeah. Where did we leave off? We left off with the. We left off with Gemini wrapping up. Wrapping up. And yeah. so the, the next direct project is Apollo. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and the. Uh, Apollo Soviets, 1. Yeah. We're heading into Apollo 1. Cool. Um, the Soviets had the uh, Soyuz program. How many Apollos were there? There were- 13? 14. There was 17, but some of them were not named Apollo whatever. Okay. Yeah. So, we've got to get through 17. I'm not really going to cover off two and three, <laughs> but, um, but yeah. Just the notable ones. They're all notable to me. So, strap in. Uh, yeah, we're going to kick off uh, with a little disclaimer- from here, we're pretty much going to ignore the Soviets' attempts on the moon. Okay. Um, there was a large amount of leadership change in the Soviet Union space program in the mid-60s, as well as a few crucial people dying. Um, and these setbacks would mean that the Soviets really weren't in the hunt to be the first person on the moon with the uh, Soyuz program. Um, they did send a number of um, probes and stuff. So the Soviets were the first to do a soft landing on the moon. So, yeah, despite being the first to soft land on the moon, it was probes. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so- They probed the moon. They probed it hard. Um, Why did you have to say it like that? They probed it deep. Ooh. <laughs> I don't think so. I think it was just on the surface. They probed its crater. It was just the tip. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, Stop it. It's got to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and there was actually a race between Apollo 11 and an unmanned um, probe to be the first to bring back- Samples from the moon. Okay. Soviets one crashed. Anyway, so we're not going to cover off on them. Um, you suck. You lost. Yeah. Rip. History doesn't remember you. No, it does These not. These are just cheeky tales. 
I mean, it remembers the N1 rocket. Do you know about the N1? No. I think it was the N1. Was it the N1? God, I hope it's the N1. Say N1 one more time. N1. Yeah, it was the N1. <laughs> the N1 was the Soviet equivalent of the Saturn V. It, oh, okay. It would have been more powerful, I believe. But uh, it blew up. It blew up every single time. It's too much power. Too much pull. Too much power. Power. Yeah. So the N1, I, th- I think it was more powerful. That was old, that was the old Spice reference, right? Yeah. Pa- yeah, okay. Um, yeah, but uh, not notable because it blew up every time. Mm. So the Apollo program would kick into high gear uh, with test flights of the command module taking place in 1966. Is there videos of the N1? Yeah. I would like to see it go boom. Yeah, you can. Yeah, it's cool. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm going to look that up afterwards. It's a big boom. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the so. first one blew up and destroyed the launch pad. Wow. Yeah. Once these test flights had been completed, it was time to start looking towards crewed missions. And so the crew of Apollo 1 was set. So the the two, I will explain more, more later, but the two test flights of the command module on a Saturn rocket are considered Apollo missions, but they weren't called that. Okay. So they're Apollo 2 and 3. Right. Yes. Gus Grissom, Ed White, and Roger Chaff, or Chaffee, were set to be the first crew to ride in the Apollo capsule. And in early January, they were completing ground testing prior to their launch that was scheduled for February. They'd chosen to call their rocket launch the Apollo 1 mission because it would be the first mm-hmm. first manned mission. Yep. On the morning of January 27th, they climbed aboard their capsule, which was already affixed to the top of their Saturn 1 booster, ready to perform a plugs-out test. This would simulate the command module moving to onboard power rather than power from the ground and would take place with the capsule pressurised. Complex three-part door was closed on the capsule and the cabin pressurised with pure oxygen, as was to be done during the missions. Almost as soon as the test began, there were problems, with the crew first smelling a strange odour in their suits, which couldn't be identified. Someone fart? Oh, someone ripped one. <laughs> Whoever smelt it, dealt it. I mean, especially if it's gone through everyone's suit. That's a good one. Mm. Gross, too. Yeah, that's, that's not a fart. It's... Someone, Someone has oxygen or something. Absolutely, Jackson Pollock's their pants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look up a Jackson Pollock painting if you haven't seen that before. Once past this, they had issues communicating with the controllers, which caused the crew to start getting frustrated. Gus Grissom was quoted as saying over the radio, "How are we supposed to get the uh, get to the moon if we can't talk between two buildings?" During a hold in the simulated countdown caused by the communications problem. There was a momentary spike in power on one of the circuits in the capsule, and all hell broke loose. I know what's coming, so I'm not making any jokes. Yes, thank you. Gus Grissom first noticed the fire, yelling out, fire. The radio caught the sounds of the crew rustling about before Roger Chaffee reporting, we've got a fire in the cockpit. Seven seconds later, a badly garbled radio call was heard. We've got a bad fire. Let's get out. We're burning up. Followed by screams of pain. The pressure inside the cabin would get so great that it would rupture the inner wall. And while ground crews rushed to try and open the hatch, they were beaten back by the fire and noxious, 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 noxious gases now escaping the module. So it blew up the inside of the, the yep. capsule and then just started like spewing flames out. Yeah. Um, it would eventually take five minutes to open the hatch on the capsule and devastatingly- Oof, That's a long time. All three, all three astronauts were found dead. Grissom was uh, found lying on the floor. White was found just below the hatch and Chaffee was found in his seat. 
It had been his role in an emergency to stay in his seat until White had opened the hatch, and so he had died doing his duty until the end. It would take 90 minutes to remove the bodies from the capsule, as the nylons of their suits had fused to the surfaces around them. Yeah, it's, um... Yeah, it's rough. Yeah. Uh, the, the guy, there's a guy very well known in Mission Control, um, Gene Krantz, and he, uh, he was one of the first people on scene, and he said that he couldn't tell where White and Grissom's bodies ended and the others began. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. It's real gross. Um, NASA would immediately undertake an investigation and would ultimately find that the construction of the command module was plagued by poor workmanship, quality control, and design issues. The pure oxygen environment and difficult to open hatch cover were also blamed, as well as a heavy distribution of combustible materials in the capsule. The crew's bodies were also examined, and in a small but still sad piece of comfort. It was found that they had died not from the flames, but from cardiac arrest brought on by the carbon monoxide they breathed in. They had died from asphyxiation, not burns. Little silver lining. Is that what the weird smell was? Uh, they find out what, what was that attributing to the fire, they, they reckon, or was it just coincidental that there was. Nobody could ever. Nobody. I've never read that the two were definitively linked, okay. but the fact that it's always mentioned kind of makes me feel like. Yeah, maybe that was the smell of like the wiring burning or something. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah. something to melt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that plastic, burning plastic smell. Yeah. Um, and this is like, this is again where, you know, in the first one I said that with the, with some of the, the missions, we were starting to see that like, oh, let's just get the goal, get the goal. Don't worry about like do things a little bit quicker. Yeah. Like this is the culmination of that like. Being played by the poor workmanship. In the yeah. construction and yeah, like it, they they lost sight of safety, mm-hmm. um, and like this story repeats itself in NASA. You see it twice more um, in the in future missions in different things, but um, yeah, like this is the point where people had now died because of a choice to be fast rather than safe. Safe, yeah, yeah. So this was a, a big monumental moment for NASA. They made a big change. They basically stopped using the capsule for about eighteen months. They redesigned it. Um, they put a lot of effort into making sure that this would go right. Mm-hmm. You know, So the capsule would be extensively redesigned, along with nylon being removed from the suits the crew would wear. 100% oxygen in the capsule would be replaced with a 60% oxygen, 40% nitrogen mix. So more of an earth atmosphere yeah. mix. Yeah. And the hatch would be redesigned to be a single piece with a quick release handle. Within the factory that built the capsule, workers were better monitored and the quality control measures were greatly enhanced. The Block 2 Apollo capsule would be used for human flight from Apollo 7 onwards. Yeah. So. Okay. So you said 2 and 3 were still test. 2 and 3 had already happened. Oh, okay. Yeah. So 2 and 3 were unmanned test flights yeah. of the Block 1 capsule. Right. And then so, yeah. they went to Apollo 4. They went. They said Apollo 1 was going to be the first manned mission. Yeah. And then they went, uh, during this phase, they're kind of like, uh, uh, whatever. Like Apollo 2 and 3, we're not going to do. I don't, I don't 100% know why, right. but yeah. So Apollo 1, Apollo 2 and 3 happened before that. That's what I mean. Apollo like 4. Apollo 1 happened after, after 2 and 3. Yeah. That's what I was trying to wrap my head around. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's why there's like Apollo 1, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Apollo 4 would follow in November of 1967. So keep in mind, uh, it was January 1966 that the fire took place. 
A year later. Uh, more than a year. Almost two years. Two years. Right, yeah, 66 to 67. Also, keep in mind- That's one year. <laughs> Did you say January? January 66 to November 67. Oh, sorry. I thought you febu- said February. No. Okay, yeah. So, almost yeah. two years. Yep. So, yeah. Um, And keep in mind, they need to do this by 1970 in was- order to- Meet Kennedy's goal. Yeah. So, like, they're starting to run up against a, a hard deadline. Here. Yeah, yeah. Apollo 4 would follow in November of 1967, which would be an unmanned test flight. This would be the first launch of the mighty Saturn V, which until not yet, according to this script, it was until yesterday, because <laughs> we were intending to record this last time. Um, so, yeah, this would be the first launch of the mighty Saturn V, which is still the most powerful rocket ever to go into operation. Um, Artemis hasn't launched yet. Yeah, the SLS has not launched. Um, so, yeah, the, the space launch system of Artemis 1 will finally dethrone, dethrone the Saturn V if it launches. I'm not going to make any promises anymore. And it makes me a little bit sad. Um, I, it's had its time in the sun, boy. Well, in the moon 50 line. odd years. Yeah. Um, but, like, if you've not seen a Saturn V launch, just go and look on YouTube for any of the Saturn V launches. Just go Apollo 11 launch and just have a look at how bonkers it is. This thing, like, it's huge and it just, like, off it goes. It's crazy. I I love it. I so wish I'd been alive to see it. Um, But, yeah, I'm not. It's just this, like, big lumbery thing that takes off slowly and then, see ya, it's gone. Um, Out of here. Yeah, and it makes me a little sad, you know. Something 1960s technology is still the most powerful rocket we've ever Mm. launched. Yeah. Yeah. Apollo, vi- uh, Apollo 5 and 6 would follow, testing the first lunar module and continuing testing of the command module. How did they test the lunar module? Uh, Earth orbit. Just seeing oh, so what testing, it can do. Yeah, okay. So not yeah. testing how it lands or anything no. like that. It's just testing, testing how it does in- Pressurizing, yep. Yep. moving about. Yep. Yeah. They would also test the third stage of the Saturn V on Apollo 6, which would do the burn that sent the crew towards the moon in future flights. And they do like a slingshot maneuver, don't they? Um, so they like boost around the planet to slingshot yeah. off towards the moon. They don't just go from. No, it's not just like a straight shot. Straight, yeah. No, they they orbit and then they leave the orbit. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, slingshot. Yeah, it, it, slingshot engage. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you do a burn. Now we get into orbital stuff, but you kind of got to explain it a little bit. Yeah, the way that you escape Earth orbit is that you get really really fast. So on one side of the planet, you do a big burn. And then once you've done that big burn, you've gained a lot of speed. And then when you come around, think, I'm trying to think, like when you the, spin, when the, you're yeah, spinning something. Yeah, the orbit gets closer to the planet, so you get faster. Yeah. We, we, we can't explain this in Halley's Comet. Yeah. How it slows down. Yeah. Out of its Because we went through periapsis. And- yeah. So essentially, you're getting fast enough that you don't fall back to Earth or you don't stay in orbit, you fling off towards the moon. Yep. Anyway, getting a bit a bit space nerdy. There's a lot of math involved in that. Yeah. To all the calculations and stuff. Yeah. After Apollo 6, the Saturn V would be human rated. All that was left was the first test flight of the upgraded Block 2 command module. Apollo 7 would be the first manned flight of Apollo since the Apollo 1 fire. It would lift off on a Saturn 1B on October 11th of 1968. So we're now like 18 months away from the deadline. And we've had- 15 months. Did they reuse the rocket from Apollo 1? Uh, I don't know. I would assume so. There what? was a Saturn- So there was the Saturn 1, 
yeah. the Saturn 1B yeah. and then the Saturn 5. Oh, so okay. the I'm Apollo 1, I think, was a Saturn 1. Just trying to work out how many rockets we've gone through at the moment because there's a fair few we've yeah. burned through testing. and Well, before Apollo 1, they weren't using the Saturn series of rockets. Mm. They were using like testing rockets. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but they, I think they built, I think it was like 12 Saturn 5s. The last one got used for Skylab. Yeah, because like I said, you, you think of how big they are. Yeah. He's a big <laughs> boy. And there's 12 of them. Yeah. I'm going to put up a photo of like a human compared to the Saturn V. Okay. Bonkers. Yeah. yeah. Apollo 7 would see the first live television pictures from space, Ooh. broadcast to millions all over the world. But despite the happy faces seen on TV, the crew were pretty pissy. Oh, okay. It oh, had- yeah. Yeah, this is I just, the, I just remember. Yeah, I continue. Sorry, I just remembered the story. This is not the space piss one. No, I know. Yeah, so this is the. You've told this to me yeah. before. It had started with the launch, with Commander Wally Sharar feeling that the winds at the launch site had put them in danger of being injured if the capsule if the capsule had to abort. Instead of landing in the sea, as the Apollo missions always did, they would land on the Florida Peninsula, which their seats were not designed to withstand. Shirar would also have a cold during the flight, which would cause him to have a lack of sleep throughout the mission. Shirar would also tell NASA that he wasn't going to turn on the TV camera until he was ready, as he felt that it was going to interfere with their main mission objectives. He would also frequently butt heads with the ground crew, who were asking him to do various tests that caused issues for them. Ultimately, though, things would come to a head when he was told to put his helmet back on for re-entry. All American astronauts were a war pressure shoot. All American astronauts wore presser, pressure pressure <laughs> the all that thing. time and I messed it up too. <laughs> There's been like at least a minute between the last time I tried to say that line and now and I still messed it up. <laughs> the same thing. All American astronauts wore pressure suits mm. during landings, which would save their lives should there be a decompression. This exact thing happened to the Soviets, killing two of their cosmonauts. Ooh. Shirar was worried that he wouldn't be able to pop his ears during the descent, which with his head cold, he felt could cause his eardrums to burst. Yeah, that would be very uncomfortable. Ultimately, he would refuse to have his crew wear their helmets on the re-entry, and Shirar and the other two crew members would never fly a mission again. Yeah, I don't blame NASA for not putting them back yep. in. Space mutiny. Yeah. Yeah, so it was Shirar. Shirar had already- Were they the first space pirates? Well, they didn't take the ship. No, I suppose. Um, so Wally Sharar, he was Gus Grissom's neighbour. So he was um, a little upset when he died, mm. obviously, and he felt that NASA were um, kind of again doing the same sort of thing, trying to launch when the winds would put them back over the oh, land. Okay, yeah, still, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then he also had two people with him that were very young and were just sort of starting their NASA career. Um, yeah, so kind of a, a sad story for for those guys. Um, they kind of followed their captain and that didn't end well for them. No. Yeah. But there's some like there's some good um interactions written from the the Apollo 7 crew where they're just like, I'm not putting the damn helmet on. They're like, put the helmet on, you're never gonna fly again. And he's like, I don't care. Because he's already retiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so eventually they didn't put the helmets on and that was that. Mm. Apollo eight would give us some was that what you were thinking I was talking about, by the way? Uh, I think you've just told me before about um like how, like you said, pissy they were. Bit yeah. A holes. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, they're getting quite shirty. Like it's actually, yeah. 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 Um, I think the, the guy that ran the, 
the who like who chose who went up was like you're gonna have to answer for what you're doing when you're on the ground. And he's like, all right then. Yeah, maybe we just don't come down. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we just go to the moon. You can't do that. Maybe but, we, blah, 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 blah. There's no laws in space. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Come <laughs> up and get me. <laughs> so before we move on, hmm. actually no, continue. Okay. <laughs> Apollo 8 would give us some of the most amazing footage we've ever seen. Mm. Apollo 8 was originally meant to be the test of the command and lunar modules in low Earth orbit. But delays with the production of the lunar module meant that it would be delayed. <laughs> Great. So, the structure there, boy. Yep. Just really needed to emphasize that. Is anything that I said not true? No, but you yeah. just really emphasized that it, it was, was going to be delayed. <laughs> yeah. So, after these delays. <laughs> the delayed like- <laughs> Artemis launch was... Delayed due to engine failure. <laughs> I'm going to really ham this up now. Not wanting to waste time with further delays, Apollo 8 was redesigned as a flyby of the moon. And so humans oh, yes. would leave Earth's orbit and enter another celestial body's orbit brat, brat, for the brat. first time. I'm just going to, as moon aliens just, fly, just drive by. <laughs> brat, 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 brat. <laughs> <laughs> It would also be the first time a human had been aboard the Saturn V. This is where the famous Earthrise photo was taken, with the crew seeing the Earth rise for the first time in history. So oh, that yeah. is, yeah, they're coming around the, the backside of the moon, yeah. and up comes the Earth. And it was the first time that that had ever been seen by human eyes. Sure that will be a photo that you post? I'm sure that it will be. Um, I think it's my phone wallpaper. I think it is too. Yeah, there it is. Yep. Yeah. Um. Phenomenal, phenomenal photo. There's some great quotes from the guys that were on that one. Um, I think it was Jim Lovell, the commander. He's like, I could put my thumb up in the window and cover up all of humanity Mm. except the three of us. Like, crazy. Yes, that's something that was never seen before. Like, I suppose it's a different perspective on the planet. Yeah. Well, I guess we take it for granted now. Yeah, because, like, we've all seen that now. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and this, this happened on, like, Christmas Oh, did it? Yeah. So they would also complete an iconic broadcast on their second last orbit of the moon, reading the first chapter of Genesis from the Bible live on TV, all on Christmas Eve of 1968. I hope they didn't interfere with Santa Claus. <laughs> they gunned him down. <laughs> the US were there. They had made it to the orbit of the moon, but they had just one year left to achieve Kennedy's goal and take the prize of the space race. Stepping on the surface. Yeah. So, yeah, we're three missions away. Apollo 8, 9, 10, 11. I can't wait for 10. (laughs) Now the US were really kicking into high gear. Apollo 9 would make the three mission in six... Great writing, Aaron. (laughs) Apollo 9 would make three missions in six months for NASA. Nice. And would be a test of the command and lunar module, which had just been completed after those prior delays. Mm -hmm. No longer delayed. This would be the first time that the full lunar stack had been put together and the first time that individual names were given to the spacecraft. So you say lunar stack, that's because you've got multiple modules. So I'm talking... Everything that would be going to the moon is yeah. on the rocket for the first time. And which is, so you've got, what was at the top, the command module? Well, there was the escape tower. Oh, sorry, escape tower. The launch abort system. Yeah. Right. And then? And then 
the command module. Yep, and then underneath that was module. And that, what did that do? That took that. So that the service was the module rocket that landed. No, no. The service module was the bit. Oh, sorry, uh, service. I thought you said surface. No, the service module was the one that did like all the oxygen and stuff for them, yep. and had the propellant for the um the stage that would slow them in lunar orbit, and mm-hmm. then also yeet them back to Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then under that, you've got the lunar module. Which, so, is, which is the one that actually landed. That's the spidery thing that yep. actually went down. That thing. I've got a model of it over there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so this was the first time that all of that stuff was there. Mm-hmm. And um, was there anything under the lunar module? The third stage of the Saturn V. So the way that the the way that it worked wasn't, wasn't there the, like the landing booster. Oh, that's part of the lunar module. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Mm. Yeah. The lunar module was two stage. Yes. Okay. Mm. Um, yeah, the way that worked was they would get into um, their translunar thing. So they left Earth's. Mm-hmm. They were they'd done the burn to leave Earth's atmosphere, uh, leave Earth's orbit. Yep. They're on the way to the moon. And you got to think too. Um, when they're doing that, they're not looking at the moon. The moon's still yeah off to the side. It's off somewhere else, and yeah. they've got to time it. So when they yeah. get to, I guess the how far away the moon orbits. Mm. When they get to how far away the moon orbits, the moon will be, yeah. they'll be like intersecting. Gotta, yeah, they have to time it right. Yeah. It's not just like mm. boost towards the moon and catch up to it. Mm. Um, you've got to intersect it as it's moving. Because yeah. it's moving, yeah. you're moving, yeah. the Earth's mo- everything's moving. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's crazy. It's, but yeah, they would do the burn to go towards the moon. And then while they're on the way, the, the command module and service module would detach from the upper stage of the Saturn V, spin around, pull the lunar module out of the upper stage and then like move away from that. And then that was how they would get yeah, right. into orbit. So yeah, they had to do that, like pluck it out in orbit. Yeah, it's crazy. And was that part of the tests for? Yeah. So that was part of Apollo 9. Cool. Um, yeah. And so I said, this is the first time they gave individual names. Um, prior to this, the craft had been named for the mission. So there was just one. So it would be like Apollo 7. Yeah. Like we're talking to Apollo 7. Yes. Um, now there's two. There's the lunar module and the command module. So they had to give them distinguishable names. So the command module on Apollo 9 was called Gumdrop and the lunar module would be called Spider. Spider and Gumdrop would complete their mission, proving that the lunar module could support life and was human rated. They would also test the life support backpack that would be worn while walking on the moon. Now complete. Hmm? Just want to intersect. I believe that one is a spacewalk. Yes, there's no discussion about that today. <laughs> so now that uh, Apollo 9 was complete, it's time for what I like, for what I like to call Mission Blue Balls. <laughs> Apollo 10? Apollo 10. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Apollo 10 would be the final test flight before the big show and would launch on May 18th, just two months before Apollo 11. Now, Apollo 10 pretty much does everything. Yes. Except make contact with the surface, right? Literally everything. It gets to about twice as high as a plane flies, like a commercial jet. Yeah. And then they had to abort and go back. (sighs) A fully stacked Saturn V would launch with the intent of going all the way to the moon. Astronauts Thomas Stafford and Gene Cernan would enter the lunar module, named Snoopy, from the command module, Charlie Brown, while in orbit around the moon and would test the lunar module's descent stage by firing it and beginning the descent. Mm. I just, I heard something um, on the podcast I listened to, they were talking about the Artemis launch. Mm -hmm. 
And they had a Snoopy doll with yes. them. I just learned why they had a Snoopy doll with them. Yep, that's right. Snoopy and Charlie Brown were used as like educational cartoons during the Apollo missions. Yeah, so like Snoopy and Charlie Brown have been with NASA pretty much the whole way. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they would uh, abort the descent while just 50,000 feet from the surface of the moon. They would fire the abort sequence <laughs> and boost back up to meet with Charlie Brown. Now, could you imagine if our mate from Seven, is the captain from Seven, was it? Cha- uh, Wally Sharar. Sharar. Imagine if he was doing that. Just like, you know what? Nah, we're actually just going to land. <laughs> we're here. Just- you might imagine that it would have been very tempting for Cernan and Stafford to go for the landing given they had all the hardware. I, I know why. I know and why. And NASA thought so too. Yeah, because they didn't give them enough fuel to leave. They intentionally underfueled the craft so that should they try it, they wouldn't have enough fuel to get back into orbit. A-holes! They told the crew this so they knew not to try it because they would die. Pretty sneaky, NASA. Uh, I mean, okay, if you're in that situation, you know you would die because you wouldn't leave. You reckon you'd do it anyway? Just to- Oh, it'd be hard, hey. You'd be like, is it worth it to be the first person on the moon? You would never get credit. You'd never get credit. Yeah, like you'd, you'd be the a, dickhead that yeah. died on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez, I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you would do it? I'd love to be known forever as the first death on the moon. <laughs> I reckon I reckon you wouldn't get credit for it because nah. you, you'd done the wrong thing. They'd just yeah. scrub you. From- They'd be like, oh, I crashed. Yeah. So as they're just about to orbit, uh, just to about to abort- so they're about, you know, 55,000 feet off the uh, the moon. The lunar module began to gyrate and roll, which caused the live broadcast on Earth to be cut as some four-letter words started coming out. <laughs> Thankfully, they resolved that issue, got it back under control, and went up to meet Charlie Brown. After entering the command module again, they jettisoned the upper stage of Snoopy, which is still in orbit around the sun to this day. It's the only remaining piece of Apollo hardware still in flight. The sun or the moon? No, around the sun. Oh, okay. So the all future Apollo capsules, uh, sorry, lunar ca- module upper stages, um, once they were back in the command module, they would do a um, retrograde burn, so slow themselves down. And crash it into crash the- Crash into the moon to test the seismic sensors on the moon. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, but Snoopy, they, I think it fired accidentally, like it fired the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And so instead of crashing into the moon, um, or maybe they did intentionally. I don't know. I should have looked that up. But instead of crashing into the moon, it escaped the moon's um, gravitational pull. And so it was already outside the Earth's. Uh, oh, so just orbiting the sun then. Yeah, that's the so only it's other. just yeah. orbiting around the sun. Um, and they reckon they found it. Um, somebody oh. tracked an asteroid and they were like, actually, going back, like wind the clock back, that's probably Snoopy. Cool. So they're going to go try and find it. I what, hope. What, bring it home. No. Nah, nothing's been announced. I just said that because I want it to happen. Okay. And so, with Operation Blue Balls finished, <laughs> it was time for the most watched event in history. All right. I'll pause you. This is what I was going to say before. Yeah. Remember last episode, I was going to do some homework and we we're potentially going to have a special guest? Yes. I asked my dad that night yep. after recording. Dad, do you remember, you know, like the moon landing? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, what were you doing? He's like, I was at work. Lame. I'm like, so did you watch it? He's like, no, I was at work. Lame. <laughs> I'm like, lame. <laughs> so I'm like, 
Well, I was going to ask you to be on a podcast. He's like, what's a podcast? <laughs> my dad, I, I kind my of d- expected your dad would just be like, no. <laughs> my dad's 81. <laughs> He's like, what's a podcast? So then you had to explain that, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm like, so there's not really any point you didn't see? He's like, no. Yeah. You weren't interested? He's like, no, not really. I'm like, okay. How could you not be interested? <laughs> oh. <sighs> I don't get your dad, eh? <laughs> and then I think I asked mum. Yeah. Um, yeah, My she, dad remembers watching it. She doesn't. She didn't watch it either. I think she might have been. What are you talking about? I think she was in school. So I don't think. In school, they would have absolutely watched it. I'm not sure. Yeah. God. My dad remembers it. He was eight and a half. Yeah. That yeah, has blown on. me away. The Savage family have just confused me. <laughs> so. It's just funny. I'm like, dad, you want to be on? Like, I'm sure, I'm sure dad watched it. Well, I could, yeah. You could talk about it. No. Nah, no. Nah, he couldn't not. give two rats. <laughs> Should ask my grandma. She would have been like an adult. Neil Armstrong. So, uh, going away from talking about my grandmother. Yeah, Neil Armstrong and Neil Armstrong. Neil Armstrong. <laughs> you just you broke my head as you said Buzz Lightyear, and I'm like, uh huh. Neil Armstrong. Neil Armstrong. <laughs> yeah, Buzz Lightyear. Buzz Aldrin and Command Module Pilot. Hi. You dog, you don't know Where his name. Michael Collins. No one knows his name. Phil Collins. Sad. CCR. Michael Collins would board the Command Module of their craft on July 16th, 1969. Nice. Just five <laughs> months before Kennedy's deadline. The world would be watching. And as the Saturn V cleared the tower... There was one hell of a cheer. 12 minutes later. What was yep, the date? It was July 16th, 1969. Nice. Uh, okay. July is the seventh month. Yes. July 16th. Mm. Never mind. Don't worry. I thought it was going to be like 169. 1969. Oh. <laughs> nice. No, it is <laughs> yeah, 16, or as the Yanks say, 0716, yeah. 1969. Nice. It was close. Have you actually got that written down or are you just no. impro in it? This is just improv, bro. Yeah, right. Sweet. Yeah. 12 minutes later, the craft was in orbit around Earth and ready for its shot at the moon. The third stage would fire for a second time and send the craft to the moon. Yeet. The command module, Columbia, of which I have a very small piece. Yeah, this is the thing that I was alluding to <laughs> last time. I own a piece of the command module, Columbia. It is a possibly one millimeter by one millimeter square of foil, but I it mean, is possibly it definitely is a one millimeter. Well, by it one. could be smaller. Um, that thing is magnified. I'm I'm sure it is magnified. Yeah, but but it's, it's if you measured it, it's in magnification yeah. bigger than one by one mil. Right. Well, anyway, I don't care how big it is. I have a piece of freaking Columbia of the I, Apollo one Apollo, Apollo 11. eleven capsule, the capsule that went to the moon. And had all of these men in it. How did you acquire such peace, boy? Thanks, boy. And other boys. <laughs> my friends decided for my birthday, what, two years ago? Three years ago? 2020. Around then, yeah. Yeah, that, uh, that this would be the present and all pulled together to buy it. Uh, and yeah, that was a great moment opening that up. I was pretty proud of myself because yeah. I just I stumbled across it on the internet one day. And I went, well, if this is not the perfect gift for Aaron, I don't know what is. Yeah. And it is the perfect gift for me. I'm, I love that. I, oh, favorite thing. 
<laughs> favorite thing I own. He's actually glowing at the moment. That's how much he's smiling. I freaking he, love he it. He really man. does love it. A piece of Columbia. Ah. Columbia would spin around, pull the lunar module, Eagle, out of the third stage and wait to enter the moon's influence. Once at the moon on July 19th, 1969, nice, the command module engine would fire and slow the two craft into lunar orbit. On the 20th, Armstrong and Aldrin would board the Eagle and undock from Columbia. Michael Collins, now the most lonely man there ever would be, confirmed that there was no damage to Eagle and the landing legs were fully deployed. Eagle would begin its descent to the moon by firing the descent engine, and they were on their way. Armstrong and Aldrin found that they were passing landmarks on the surface earlier than expected, indicating they were going too fast and would land well past their intended landing site. They would have to scout their new landing site as they flew, which would become more difficult at 6,000 feet, or 1,800 metres. Because of the clouds? No clouds on the moon, Luke. (laughs) Because they suddenly had a distraction in the form of the guidance computer throwing an alarm they had never seen before. The 1202 alarm. Shouldn't they go through like all those possibilities? Yep. No simulation had shown them this alarm before and many inside the control room had never seen it either. Imagine that. Less than two kilometres from the surface of the moon, you get an alarm that you've never seen before and haven't the faintest idea of what you need to do to clear it. It's actually one of the coolest bits of audio from the Apollo missions is that they're like, you can hear Neil Armstrong just being like, oh, I've got an alarm. It's a 1201. It's a 12.02. 12.02. And he's just like super calm and collected. Well, that's why he got the role from the yeah. last time because he had a similar situation and he was just- Yeah. Just the man just is ice. Cool and calm. Thankfully, a computer engineer in the control room had seen it somewhere in the design documents and knew that it was the, uh, and knew that it was the computer warning that it had to ignore some data that it was tasked to process. Armstrong calmly cleared the alarm and the landing went ahead as planned. Right. So just- Paperwork. It's an alarm. Look, uh, paperwork. <laughs> I have a bit too much to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently they had the rendezvous radar on and the landing radar on. Oh, right. Yeah. So. The rendezvous was, would be for meeting back up. Yes. The command module yeah. once they'd gone back. Yeah. Okay. But it's on just on the off chance that they have to abort. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, as they got closer to the landing site, Armstrong and Aldrin found that the area they were aimed towards was full of boulders the size of cars. Armstrong would again make a decisive decision to take manual control, tilting the craft away from the surface to land further downrange. As they came in closer, they found a safe landing zone and made their descent. At 76 metres, they had to manoeuvre around a crater that had revealed itself, and with just 25 seconds of fuel left before they needed to abort, Aldrin would see the light for the contact sensor register the ground. Say, contact light, and three seconds later, Eagle had landed on the moon. After some technical talk about shutting the engines down, Armstrong would say the famous line, Houston, tranquility base here. The Eagle has landed. The reply, Roger, twang, tranquility, we copy you on the ground. You got a bunch of guys about to turn blue. We're breathing again. Thanks a lot. If you listen closely to that recording, you can hear the cheers of the control room in the background. It's pretty cool. You hear like, oh, you know, Eagle's landed. And then you hear the radio click on for the guy in command and just like, yeah, ah, ah. <laughs> So how, like they've got a pretty much reverse launch to get down. Yeah. So, so you they just- gotta, they got to fire the rocket. Slow down. Yeah, slow, slow yeah. down. Slow down. Is there a record of how fast they were still going when they actually made contact? Like was it, a, was it soft or were they still- Yeah. So it was softer than they were supposed to. 
Okay. So um, you may see, whenever you see photos of them coming down the ladder, there's like no rungs for the last like half meter or so, Mm -hmm. um, or maybe a bit more. I think it was like 75 centimeters um, because the legs were like big compression socks. Um, So they were meant to. Yeah. So they were meant to land a bit harder. um, And yeah, the. You were, they were actually supposed to shut off the engine when they were a few feet above the ground and then just dunk. Um, but Armstrong forgot to do that and so landed with them and the, the so engine still running. Just made a more perfect landing. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So they are supposed to land harder than they did. Yeah. Um, but nice. yeah. And then he climbs out and goes no. down. No. They shut off the engines. Then 650 they- million people are estimated to have seen this moment on television. My dad, not one of them. Nope. <laughs> and from those that were there, the cheers outside were much, much louder than those in the control room. From here, the first step would be brought up from 12 hours after landing to six. Apparently, Armstrong and Aldrin didn't fancy the idea of having a nap and preferred to get out on the surface as soon as possible. Yeah, I can't blame them. Yeah. I, 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 I think I'm with them on this one. <laughs> so the mission plan was- I'm surprised that- it took them six hours. <laughs> yeah, you'll hear why. So the mission plan was that they would land- and just go to sleep. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Like, you're the first people to land on the moon. You're like, all right, time for a kip. Actually, that wouldn't be bad either. Like, we're on the moon. Oh, we're on the map. The first thing they, actually, the first thing they did was have communion. Had oh. some wine, a little bit of bread. Nice. Mm. After, uh, after three hours of suiting up. <laughs> Seems like an unnecessary wait to take, but okay. What? Because I know weight's important when you're yeah. launching a rocket. Just a little bit of wine, a little bit of bread. I'm sure they could have done without that weight. <laughs> Uh, there was a story about one of the Apollo missions. I think, it, uh, sorry, one of the Gemini missions. I think it was Gus Grissom, one of his first ones. Um, they sn- they snuck corned beef sandwiches oh, on the flight. You've told me that before. It's in his yeah. pocket. Yeah, and so they get up to lo- they get up into orbit, and the guy's like, "Hey, you want a sandwich?" And so they start eating these sandwiches, and then little bits of the corn bread, a uh, corn beef, just start coming out and like floating around. They're like, "Oh crap." What if that gets in the equipment yeah. <laughs> to like stow the sandwiches again? Yeah, he just had them in his pocket, right? Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. It's ants. It's yeah. Simpsons. It's, it's exactly that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So it took them three hours to put their suits on because one of the few things that they hadn't accounted for was when they tested putting the suits on. They, they didn't did do it, it underwater, like when they were swimming. Why would they do it underwater? Because it's like gravity. No, they're putting the suits on. Yeah. There's gravity on the moon. It's just one sixth. Yeah. No. The issue was when they did it- I said low gravity. I didn't say no gravity. When they did it on Earth, they had all the stuff laid out on a table. They never did Uh, it in the lunar module. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it took them three hours to suit up. Armstrong would wiggle his way out of the hatch, backwards, down the ladder. Ass first. Yeah. Ass first. (laughs) Ass to the Earth. Ass out. Well, no, the Earth's above them. Yeah, I know. But anyway. It's a good visual. Down the ladder and stand on the landing pad. He would say, okay, I'm about to stand, uh, step off the LEM now. The LEM being landing module, mm-hmm. LM. After he made the first footprint on the moon, he would say the famous line, that's one small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind. The A-man is still contentious, as the recording doesn't clearly pick it up. In the recording, it sounds like- It definitely sounds like that's one small step that's for a man. man. Yeah. Some believe it was covered by radio static or slurred in with the four. And others say the moment got the better of Armstrong and he just messed up the line. I like to think it's that he messed up the line. That just feels better. I think it's radio. I like to think that he stuffed it up and he's like. <laughs> I mean, it is a big moment, isn't it? You can actually see 
If you there's footage from inside the lunar module. Yeah. So the famous shot from outside is like on the leg of the landing module. It's like kind of crap. There's a shot from Buzz Aldrin in the window and you can actually see Armstrong say, all right, I'm going to step off. And then there's like a moment where you can, it, it looks like he's thinking through mm-hmm. like what he's about to do. And then he steps and you can see him push onto the, onto the lunar dust and like push his foot in to make sure it's solid. It's just really cool. <laughs> Could you imagine if it wasn't? Yeah. He, ah! just, he just disappears. <laughs> what would happen? Well, the first thing they did was take a contingency sample is what they call it. Okay. So he steps off, he says the line, and then immediately grabs a sample of whatever's closest to him just in case he has to get back in. Anyway, from here, they would spend two hours on the moon collecting samples, planting the flag, taking photos, speaking with the president. Eventually, though, they would climb back up into the landing module, close the hatch, sleep, and launch from the moon to go back to orbit. Did they have their nap then? They did have their nap. So what was total time on surface? On surface was, I think, a little over two hours. And then they had to sleep? Yes. And then they left? Yes. Doesn't seem very long. So they're there for less than a day. 23 hours. Yeah. And the the moonwalk, the first moonwalk. Yes. Because they were actually stepping on a surface and walking. Yep. If you imagine a baseball diamond. Oh, yeah. Basically, the entire thing took place between all the diamond, like in the diamond. There was oh, one step outside. Body. <laughs> yeah. The whole moon. Tiny little baseball yeah. diamond. Yeah. No, I mean, big achievement. Like, really. Like, imagine being- that first person to go yep on a different yeah. planet like that's incredible yeah i you can understand but apparently aldrin was a little bit busy oh. yeah. um i mean second person you still know his name yeah buzz Lightyear. But, yeah yeah just what a cool moment <laughs> like i'm talking about it now you're trying to be joking but i'm like nah he's going to move I'm on thinking from what about i said it. <laughs> so buzz the flag Aldrin. the flag they planted yeah when they took off, they'd planted the flag too close, so it blew over. So it's oh. not there. Yeah, it's just lying on the ground. Yeah. On return to Earth a few days later, the three would immediately be catapulted catapulted to fame and would embark on a tour of the world, being celebrated wherever they went. Oh, so they can go around our entire world, but they just stick to one baseball yeah. diamond on the moon. <laughs> the US had won the space I was going to say, it's much easier to tour our world. But yeah. yeah, just get on a plane. Uh, should we mention that um, all that stuff is still, well, the the landing module. Yeah. The, the landing stage is still there. Uh, and like all their footprints and- Yep. Because like the, there's no wind. I have read that it's possible that the footprints aren't there anymore. Yeah, because there is like solar wind and I'd yeah, say vibrations and, and stuff. Micrometeorites and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, the reason the dust is there is because stuff hits the moon all the time. But um, yeah, all that stuff's still there. There's actually- shots from satellites around the moon of the landing zones and you can see the footprints and stuff. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, and there's a plaque up there that's got the names of all the people that died in space uh, or all the people that died in the space race. So, Well, they didn't do that then. They did it in a later mission? No, it was on Apollo 11. Oh, was it? Mm. Okay. Um, and there's a plaque on the landing module that says, like, you know, this is where we first landed, blah, yep. blah, blah. Um, later missions would leave stuff like photos, um, Golf balls, because somebody played golf on the moon. Um, oh, I thought that was just a, like a fake thing they did, that someone actually played golf on the moon. Yeah. Man, could you imagine how far you could drive the ball? Yeah, that's what they said. <laughs> he was, I think it was a seven iron. Yeah. And he's like, look at it go. That's crazy. <laughs> it would just 
Well, it wouldn't come down. Oh, it would, yeah. but you could, oh, you know, like you see like um, cartoons or something where they like Superman will throw a ball and it goes re- like orbits. Yeah. I reckon that could be possible on the moon. I mean, it's one sixth. Like it's, there's still gravity. Yeah, but. <laughs> um, they also did the test big of. Big enough driver. They also did a test of dropping a feather and a hammer at the same time. Yep. They land at the same time. Uh, yep. Yeah. Um, lots of stuff they did while they were up there. From here, Apollos 12, 14, 15, 16, and 17 would land on the moon, all with increasing lengths of moonwalk and even using the lunar rover, the first car off this planet. You'll notice that Apollo 13 isn't included in that list, however. Yeah, what happened to 13, boy? Apollo 13 was on its way to the moon when an oxygen tank exploded, severely crippling the command module and placing the three crew in huge danger. I'm not going to go too deeply into that one, as this is already a very long podcast series, and it could be its own episode. Um, But despite all odds, with a capsule that could barely support life, the crew would use all the engineering prowess of NASA to safely return home. After the success of Apollo 11, public interest and support for the Apollo program quickly evaporated as the goal that had been achieved had ended the race. I was going to say, 13 has given us one of the other most famous Misquoted lines. lines, yeah. Misquoted, yeah. What do you think the line is? Houston, we have a problem. It's like, ah, Houston, we have a problem. It's, uh, Houston, we've had a problem. Mm. Mm. Very small misquoted, but still. It didn't help that on Apollo 12, one of the astronauts pointed the colour TV camera directly at the sun by mistake, which destroyed it. (laughs) And meant there would be no video feed. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, hey, guys, this one, it's not going to be some crappy camera. It's going to be a quality yeah. color TV yeah. camera. We're yeah. going to get beautiful pictures. And the guy's like setting up the camera and he'd taken the, ca- the lens cap off before he was meant to and just points it at the sun. And that's the end. <laughs> Immediately fried. Wow. Yeah. The US was also still in a costly war in Vietnam. And with issues on US soil as well, people started to feel that spending that much money on space missions wasn't the greatest idea. And so sadly, as Gene Cernan stepped back into the LEM, he would be the last person to leave a footprint on the moon in the Apollo program, as it had been cancelled in order to reduce costs. The legacy, though, will live on, well beyond the lives of all of the moonwalkers, four of which are still alive as of this recording. With Artemis having launched its first mission... Not yet. (laughs) Come on, you couldn't have just self-edited that as you were saying it? Go again. With Artemis launching its first mission. With Artemis on the horizon. Humans might soon repeat the Apollo missions, even expanding upon what was already achieved. There are plans for lunar bases and moon-orbiting space stations, with the goal being to further reach into the universe with the first landing on Mars in the 2030s. Man's exploration of the stars is just beginning. Dramatic so, close of laptop. So when we get back to the moon yep. and Artemis lands, mm-hmm. are you having that day off? Absolutely. <laughs> My plan is to be in Florida for when it happens. I want to be, oh, I for be for at the, the Cape for the launch. For the manned launch yep. landing. Okay. Mm-hmm. I want to be at the Cape when it launches. Yeah, right. Nice. Yeah. So how far away is that? Uh, 2025, I think. All right. Mm. Cheeky tails, live from Cape Kennedy. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll, I promise you, if this is still a thing, we're doing a live. <laughs> yeah, okay. At least me. Yep. I don't know what you're up to I'll, then. I'll but- probably, yeah, unless you're taking me with you. Okay. <laughs> Let's get that sponsor money. Yeah, um, well, there you go. Any sponsors? That's If you want to sponsor us. 
I'll get a tattoo and you can take us to Florida. Okay. <laughs> I was going to get a sleeve of tat of sleeve of uh, sponsors. Sponsors. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that is that is the space race. Nice. So things happen with NASA after that. You know, you had Skylab. You've got the Challenger. Uh, yeah, you've got. I was going to say the the space shuttle, but sure, Challenger happened as well. Yeah, well, Columbia. You got Columbia. I was gonna. I was. I was thinking of Columbia. I'm like, well, you just mentioned that was the name of the yeah. module. I'm like, did yeah. they use that name again? Yeah. Well, Challenger was reused. Okay. Challenger was. I. I want to say 17 Apollo 17's command module, but I'm not sure. Um, okay. Now I might be getting confused. Which is the one that had the catastrophe on reentry? Columbia. Columbia. Yes. And what was Challenger? It was on takeoff. Yes. Right. Yeah. So I wasn't getting confused. <laughs> no. Um. But that haven't been used since. No. No. Not as far as I know. Yeah. Well, there could be two more episodes in the space series. Oh, yeah. There's Apollo three. 13, Columbia, and Challenger. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also didn't talk about the space poo. That was on Apollo 10. We have spoken about We have talked about the space poo in the past. Yes. Yeah. It was the, um, the same episode the as mystery poop. the uh, space week. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that wraps up our space race mini series. Um, my favorite story of all time. Um, you can probably tell by the way I told it today. And the yep, length of the two episodes. Yep. This is going to be a long boy. Um, not just, really. Just like know. the Saturn V? Hour and a bit. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was a big boy. Big boy rocket. Yeah. I uh, hope you enjoyed. I hey. certainly did. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm going to go play Kerbal later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, no, thanks for listening. Thanks, boy. Thanks for sharing us with sharing with us your favorite topic and yeah. your passion. Very um, passionate about that. Um, yeah, if you would like to see some supplemental images, uh, which I highly recommend you do because- It'll be a picture of the Saturn V, a picture of the Earthrise. Yep. A picture of the- Obviously- uh, Lunar module. And I haven't decided on the fourth one. Maybe the boot print, maybe the- Maybe him just coming down the ladder. Maybe. Yeah. Yep. Coming down the ladder. Going out ass first. Yep. yep. Uh, With, it'll uh, actually probably be Buzz coming out ass first because um, Neil was on the ground to take yep. photos then. Buzz but, um, sorry, I got to stop. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> Buzz Aldrin. But if you would like to see the images of the butt uh, coming out of the <laughs> lunar module. Uh, is the earth in the background? Because that would be a really cool photo. <laughs> no. The, oh, the, there is the photo. Like, you know, the photo, right? Yeah. Well, it's them. It's. The- it's. Is it Aldrin or? It's Aldrin. Yeah. With Earth in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, not in the background. It's in the reflection of his visor, I believe. Oh, yes. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, that photo has every single person who has ever lived or will ever live except Michael Collins. Because he was in the command module. And Neil Armstrong. Because he was taking no, the photo. No, he's in the reflection. Is he? Yeah. Oh. So, yeah. That photo and a photo of the eagle coming back up to meet. Um, yep. The, the command, command module. module. Those two photos have every single person who has ever lived or will ever live, except Michael Collins, <laughs> which <laughs> I think is hilarious. Poor Michael. Poor Michael. Yeah. And he doesn't even get remembered, really. Like, I didn't, I couldn't have told you his name. Yeah. I, I can name Neil Armstrong and Buzz Lightyear, but I couldn't name. Can you, do you reckon you can name? Do you reckon? <laughs> You're just not going to react. I aside, said Lightyear again. I know. <laughs> aside from me saying Gene Cernan before, could you name any of the other? No. Apollo astronauts? No. Yeah. It's crazy. Like these guys, there was 12 of them that stepped on the moon. There was 18, yeah, 18 in total. 
that were on lunar landing missions. Yeah, because six had to stay in the command module. Yeah, and 21 in total that went to the moon yeah. in the, you know, plus the other. There was more than 21. There was like 26 or something maybe. I don't know. No. It's 25, I think. 23? doesn't matter. Anyway. It's an irrelevant number. Um, but we yeah, only remember like, two. We remember two. Yeah. Yeah. Armstrong and Aldrin. You reckon we're going to remember the next? No. Nah. Because it's going to be the first woman. Yep. And the and first, first person, person of colour. And the next man. Um, I, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I, I don't think we will. I think you remember the first woman. Yeah. Do you know the first woman in space? Her name was Shelley Valentina. McLongher. I don't know. No. She was in <laughs> the, terrible. I think it was the Voskhod program, or maybe she was one of the Vostok. She was Russian. She was very early. Yeah. It, it was like one of the first missions they did yeah, right. after Yuri Gagarin. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, I'm not going to keep spouting facts out because I really want to. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you would like to see those images that we talked about about five minutes ago, um, hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Cheeky Tales Pod. Um, it would be great if you could give us a like, uh, like on those so you can keep up to date with the episodes that we release. Uh, and if you could subscribe to the podcast, that'd be fantastic. Get it straight to your inbox uh, every week, every fortnight, whenever it is that we release them. Yep. Um, and please share us with some friends. Share um, us with NASA. NASA, we would love to be your unofficial official podcast. I would love- Because I'm sure NASA has official podcast. I w- yeah, a few. So we could be the unofficial official <laughs> comedy podcast of NASA. The comedy podcast of NASA. <laughs> so Challenger- Oh, okay. Oh, we're back. No. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, please share us. That would be lovely. Um, and you know what? Pay attention to the Artemis missions. This sort of stuff doesn't happen if people aren't interested in it. <laughs> the last time it happened, 50 years ago. Yeah. So it doesn't happen all that often. No. Um, pay attention. This stuff's cool. Um, and a lot of what we have today exists because of these missions. Um, Aaron's gotten serious. He's Got a public service announcement. Pay attention to history being made, people. Yeah, like just be aware of the things that are happening around you. Come on. Um, it, it's actually been pretty cute. I know we're dragging on. And it's actually been pretty cute. I was talking to my kids about the Artemis and all that, yeah. and my youngest one, Evie, she got, she's really involved. Yeah. So that when um, the first time it was meant to launch the other night, we, I got it up on YouTube uh, and we're watching it. She's like, oh, when's it going to? Has it launched yet? I'm like, no, no, another two hours because it's got the countdown. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, they're fueling it up. You can see the fuel going in and all that. And it was late at night. Yeah. And bedtime. She's only five years old. So um, goes to bed. And I go to bed a couple of hours later and I, you know, she's laying in our bed. She's And she kind of rolls over and like half sleeps. She's like, dad. I'm like, yeah. Did the rocket launch? No, sweetie. There was a problem. Oh. So it's like she's half asleep and she was obviously still <laughs> thinking about it. I might have to talk to Evie more. Yeah. And then- um, i got a lot I could teach her. And then in, in, in the morning, she asked again, Did, can we watch the rocket? I'm like, it didn't launch, darling. Yeah. And then again, when it didn't launch the second time, oh, can, can we watch the rocket this morning? I'm like, it didn't launch again. It has to get fixed. Oh, so she's she's a little upset. She's she's actually really gotten involved in it. It was pretty cool. That's good. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. It was just so cute in the middle of the night, like 11.30 yeah. at night. Dad, did the rocket launch? I'm like, what What did you say? I couldn't understand it. Yeah. Like, what did you say, honey? Did the rocket launch? Oh, no, sweetie. It was oh. really cute. <laughs> well, on that incredibly cute bombshell, <laughs> let's uh, let's end it there. Thank you guys for putting up with my incredibly 
uh, in-depth, nerdy. It, well, let me be honest, it wasn't incredibly in-depth. I could have got so much more in-depth and I might do a podcast series on my own without John about it. Um, yeah, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. Good night.